Well, an OPEC deal has been reached for now. Perhaps not enough for markets to get too excited about. And of course, we finished last week off with a cautious air, despite strong retail sales from the United States. Concerns about rising COVID numbers are dampening enthusiasm for a rapid recovery, and obviously having an effect on the Aussie economy too. So what of central banks? Well, the RBNZ looks even more likely to make changes very soon after Friday's CPI numbers. And what can we expect from the ECB later this week? It's Monday, the 19th of July, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, equities were on the slide in the US at the end of last week. The Nasdaq, the S&P, the Dow, all down around 0.8%, backing off highs, of course. Uh, the DAX and the Eurostox 50 down around half a percent. In China, the CSI 300 was down more than 1%, about the same rate for the Nikkei. There was a small move in uh, US Treasuries, uh, 10 years down one basis point to 1.29%. Uh, the biggest fall was in uh, yields in the in the UK, where 10-year gilts were down four basis points to 0.62%, quite away from the 0.9% that they reached in May. A tiny move up in the US dollar on Friday. It climbed half a percent over the week uh, with a, a bit of an up and down along the way, but it's uh, close to the highest it's been since April on the DXY index, whereas the Aussie dollar was 0.3% weaker on Friday, down to 74 US cents, which is the lowest it's been since early December. So let's start with this continued trend up in the US dollar, which is weakening the Aussie dollar uh, with Rodrigo Catrill, senior FX strategist nab in sydney so how long is this going to go on for when is the aussie dollar going to come back rodrigo um morning phil well the, yes that, that's a that's a great question um, the, um at the moment our sense is that the aussie is not trading on fundamentals um you gave us a, a wrap in terms of market performance but uh, one of the highlights if you look at commodities it's not just that oil was the underperformer during the week but iron ore and, and thermal coal um, did very well at perform for, for the week. So they were the top performers and yet the Aussie is not getting any love from its fundamentals. Um, what, what seems to us is that the market is really trading on, uh, on this uncertainty that is in the air very much around COVID, uh, the reopening strategies that we've seen in the UK and the US. Um, and then that is, that is the dominant factor. Um, and at the moment, the, the Aussie, uh, it has to be said as well, from a technical perspective, it's broken through some key support levels. So that leaves it exposed to, to further downside risk. Um, and as you mentioned, we, you know, we, we've been basically on that lows of 74 and, and Bloomberg actually shows that we did trade at 70 below that mark of around 7393, um, late on Friday as well. So, um, so at the moment, the, the OC is under pressure from that uncertainty as well as the, the, the technical backdrop that is not very, very supportive. But why this uncertainty? Because we, you know, wherever we look at numbers, particularly through, for example, the retail sales in the US on Friday was strong. There was an expectation that fall a little in June, but instead they're, uh, they're up. I mean, they did uh, do a downward revision to the main number, which obviously helped uh, with that with that with that upward trend. But um, you know, re- retail's on the up. Uh, vaccination rates are, are on the up. Um, in fact, take cars out of that US retail number, and the, the the growth was very strong indeed. So why all this caution? Yes. So I suppose, uh, the, well, it's the, the, the other data release that we also got on Friday was the Michigan sentiment, uh, which the market was looking for a little up, uptick from 85 and a half to 86 and a half. And, and we got a, a decent drop to 80.8. So, so the consumer is consuming in the US, uh, but it's certainly pairing back is, is consumer sentiment, if you like. It's positivity based on, on, on those numbers. And, and inflation is, is being, 
um, noted as, as a, one of one of the factors pulling back uh, the, the consumer sentiment in the US. So, so I suppose that's one thing. But to your point, it's like it's an interesting dynamic that what we're seeing at the moment is that the the consumer in the US is spending money and is, is sort of alleviating those concerns and maybe uh, all this money that has been saved, which is around two and a half trillion in in the US, um, that the consumer might be reluctant to spend it. So at least that is not the case in terms of the latest data print. And, and as you say, when you look at the details of the of the um, uh, retail sales, the particularly in terms of the core sales, um, it, it was. It was it was, it was a broad increase in, in terms of consumption, so that that is that is positive. Um, but that is not the case around the globe. Um, I mean, the UK in particular has shown some softness in terms of, of retail sales, um, which is some have pointed it out as an indication that the consumer is becoming more 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 sort of uh, wary, if you like. And then, of course, this is just one data print. So the, the uncertainty remains because of what's going on with COVID, um, not only around uh, the world, but in particular uh, because of the UK being seen as a sort of the, the Petri dish, if you like, in terms of a, a way out of, 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 of the COVID pandemic. Um, and it, it remains to be seen whether it will work. Whilst at the same time uh, in the US, we've seen an increase in, in, uh, in infections, which is, it is relatively alarming when you look at some of the states that have low levels of vaccination. So there's a, there's a sort of a two story going on in the US. Those, those states, particularly on the, on the coastal side, um, are doing very well in terms of vaccination. So then they can afford to reopen without any sort of major consequences to, to, to the health service and individuals. Uh, but in the middle of the US, that's where the major concern is. And, um, and, you know, we had reports now, uh, uh over on Friday and over the weekend, um, that COVID now, or that rather the Delta variant is now the dominant variant, not only around the glo globe, but also very much so in, in the US as well. So the uh, Google mobility trends, which we haven't visited for a while, but they, of course, look at, you know, where people are traveling, uh, how many are traveling to work, how many are traveling to retail and recreation venues. So that's the interesting one to look at in terms of, you know, where retail is going. And they compare it with the average for the five weeks at the start of 2020. So when life was normal. And at its worst, the UK, as an example was 75% down it peaked at 8% down in early June but it's flattened out for since the beginning of June to now it's about 14% down it's not going up it's not falling either Australia is at a similar level now but of course you know it was a lot higher and it's 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 fallen away because of the lockdown the the US is only 3% lower the same for Germany but wherever you look apart from that exception of Australia almost everywhere you look it's been fairly flat since the start of June so it's it's not picking up so it's sort of like you know I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing does that show this hesitancy that we're seeing in the markets or does it show confidence that you know it's still just a little bit below where it was but we're not seeing rapid growth interesting figures aren't they well, they're super interesting, and, and many, as you mentioned, are looking at these numbers as a, as a sort of a forward guidance of, of what to expect. Mm. Um, and um, and if anything, again, the, the the UK is the one that's the big focus because of that softness that we've seen. And we're going to get retail sales again uh, this this week, so it will be a big, 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 big focus for markets in terms of when seeing that the. The sort of the the lift of restrictions from governments are not actually being reflected by the consumer, where the consumer is probably applying its own sort of cautiousness or restrictions to to make sure 
they they sort of protect themselves to the virus, and that's the theme. And and in the U.S., uh, the question mark is whether we will see that pattern now that the Delta variant is becoming dominant as yeah. well. It's ironic, isn't it? Today is what they're calling Freedom Day in the U.K., when you can whip your mask off and uh, you know help spread the virus. Uh, Boris Johnson and Rishi Sunak are both forced to stay at home and isolate on Freedom Day, uh, and uh, <laughs> the uh, health the health minister has got COVID as well. Yeah. So, you know, you could. It's not going terribly well there. Look in. New Zealand, we had a very strong CPI on Friday. Uh, we saw a bit of a response in the uh, in the Kiwi dollar. It gained 0.1% against the US dollar, which, of course, was rising itself. So that means the Kiwi dollar is stronger against the Aussie. But it wasn't a big reaction, was it? Because it was, was a strong CPI. And I guess that's, you know, we know the RBNZ is planning to act sooner rather than later. I guess this just reinforces their decision, doesn't it? It does. It does. And, and if anything, you get quite a lot of details in terms of CPI prints and you also get a lot of uh, different series that try to capture, um, you know, sort of the core reading, if you like. And uh, when you look at it on all those series and when you look at it, including the, the sectoral factor model, which is the IBM says preferred estimate, they all point to an increase in inflation. So uh, in the US, for instance, we talk about inflation and we look at the numbers as oh, it's all driven by temporary factors, used cars and so on. Um, but when you look at New Zealand, it's actually broad-based. Um, there's also indications that wages are, are, are likely to continue to increase, which again points to the idea that you will see a lift in inflation in the future. So um, it's, it's a different story. And because of that, because it looks broad-based and solid, um, you know, it cements the view that the RBN said uh, is going to have to lift the cash rates uh, probably as soon as as, as August, as, as the market and ourselves suspect. Um, but now the question is, well, how much and how, and how much are you going to lift it? And, and some are now talking about the potential of even three rate hikes uh, this year, given given those inflation, inflation yeah. prints. Uh, look, OPEC over the weekend, we had, we, you know, there's been this toing and throwing, hasn't there, between the Saudis and the uh, UAE. They have apparently reached a compromise. So we're going to see 400,000 extra barrels a day from August, adding the same amount each month until they get back to pre-pandemic levels, which I think uh, takes them through to the middle of next year. I mean, are we going to see much reaction to this? Because, I mean, it is spread out over quite a long period, isn't it, really? And, of course, you know, there's always there's another meeting in September, so they can always change their mind, can't they? <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, I suppose that the first thing to point out that that 400 per day was kind of what the market was expecting from the original proposal. Um, and then because of the sort of the the sound bites that we've been getting throughout the week, uh, there was a sense that the, the, an agreement was very likely to, to happen imminently. And, and I suppose we got that confirmation on Sunday. It also provides a little bit of not only certainty in terms of the supply pattern that we, we should expect over the coming months, but it also alleviates this issue of you know, the strength of the cartel, because um, uh, there were some concerns that the UAE uh, and Saudi Arabia spat would create, you know, even more tensions and others to get involved and, and even, you know, even at the extreme a breakdown of the cartel. But um, the fact that they've reached an agreement uh, gives you reassurance in that sense as well. So I suppose it's good news in terms of that security, if you like. Right. So in terms of numbers today, it's fairly quiet, isn't it? We get the New Zealand Performance of Services Index, we get the NAHHB Housing Index in the United States. Uh, but locally, it's going to be all about lockdowns, isn't it? Are we seeing those numbers contained, those people out in the community 
Is that number going to hold low? We, I mean, we had a bit of hope, didn't we? A bit of encouragement over the weekend that that number seemed to have flattened and perhaps sliding a little bit. I mean, it's it's got to slide a lot before we, uh, Sydney comes out of lockdown, though. Yes, and I suppose adding to that is that because of the recent increase in those numbers, now we have a more sort of stricter lockdown scene in 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 Sydney. Um, but as you say, um, we will need to to see a series of numbers and 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 those those infection. Um, to, to decline significantly. So uh, unfortunately, at this stage, it looks like we have another four, even potentially six weeks of, of lockdown. Yeah, yeah. Uh, RBA minutes tomorrow might reflect a bit of that, but uh, most of it's happened since, of course. And then the ECB, it's going to be interesting, the ECB later on in the week, because uh, we heard a, a bit in the last week about their strategic changes, which, you know, surprised us about how quickly they announced them. So is that going to be reflected in its guidance this week, do you think? Well, that's that's a, that's a market speculation. that uh, And following what uh, Christine Lagarde said in, in that interview, so she, we should expect something. Certainly, we, we will get given some information. And I think that the, the, the focus is around, well, what's going to happen once the PEP, uh, you know, runs its course in March next year? Are we going to have another round of quantitative easing or call something else, perhaps? Uh, but certainly, the, the, the general sense there is that there will be more guidance in terms of what to expect from quantitative easing uh, beyond March next year. Same we haven't got prizes to give away. We could ask people to write in with their suggestion of what they're going to call quantitative easing. Easing if you're not going to call it quantitative easing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> anyway, I'll leave it there for now. Good yeah. talk, Rodrigo. I'll catch you again very soon. Thank you. Cheers, Phil. Thanks. You can always tweet us your thoughts, I guess. That's it for today, though. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.